0: Follow the leader. Follow the leader. And as we begin to talk about the glory and the presence of God, I need you to say this with me. Everybody say, activate me. I want you to be activated this morning. I want you to be activated in the power of God. And we prayed this prayer. God, give me something for somebody else here in this room this morning. Give me something for somebody else here in this room this morning. And as we've gone through the messages, we've talked in the very first message that I preached in this series. We talked about how the, the glory of God showed up in Isaiah's life and in Moses' life and in Jesus' life. And those were amazing things. And, and, and we, we love seeing the revelation of it. But my concern is, is that we may have misinterpreted the order of how things occur in the Scripture. We have misinterpreted the order, and this is where it gets dangerous because many times people pray and we want his glory to fall so we can follow it. When I believe truly that the glory of God should follow us, we should not follow the glory of God. Okay? And some of us, we got to think on this concept for a minute. I truly believe that the glory of God should follow us, not us follow the glory of God. And a lot of people will say, well, Pastor, Moses, in the wilderness, they were led by by a cloud and by the fire, and they followed the glory of God. But listen, we're not calling you to be the nation of Israel. We're calling you to be a person like Moses. And I want to go through some statements of these three men once again. Because many times, if we're going to see the fullness of God's glory, it's, it's going to happen because one of us or the church body begins to step out in faith and the process goes, we hear from God, we respond to God, and the glory of God shows up. Not the glory of God shows up and then we hear from Him and then we respond. Okay? The process is God speaks, we respond, and His glory shows up. Not the glory shows up God speaks, and then we respond. I want to prove this out to you through scripture with these three men, real quick, so I can get into the the bulk of the message. And when we talk about Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, it says, When the Lord saw that he had turned aside, God called to him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. We got to understand that God spoke, Moses responded, and from that point on, God endowed Moses with the power or the presence of God. To draw the people and lead them out of Israel. God spoke. Moses responded. The glory and the presence of God came upon Moses. He led the people out of Israel or out of Egypt to the promised land, and the glory of God followed them for the 40 years in the wilderness. In your life, we must begin to hear the voice of God so we can respond, so his glory will show up. Too many times in the church we show up, look for the glory, and when we don't see it, we, we wonder what happened. God never wanted you to just follow glory. He wanted you to hear his voice. Let's look at the prophet Isaiah for a little bit. Everybody says, oh, Isaiah chapter 6, all the glory of God showed up. And then he responded, no, 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 you the first five chapters. In chapter one he was obviously in the right location uh, from God and he was in the right position to hear from God because in Isaiah chapter one it talks about a great vision he had from God. In Isaiah chapter two it says and this is the word from God. So Isaiah was already in the midst of hearing from God. He was obviously already in the place for God to speak. And so finally when he got to chapter six God showed up in a way that he has never shown up before and his glory showed up in a way that he had never seen before because he had heard from God he responded to God and God's glory begin to manifest in his life in Jesus it happened the same way and Jesus should always be or be all end all and in Luke chapter number four it says I'm sorry in Luke chapter number three it says now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying the heavens opened up And the spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Now this is my favorite account and here's why. God didn't just speak for Moses to hear. God didn't just speak for Isaiah to hear. God spoke there at the river and everybody heard the voice of God and then the spirit of God, the glory, the presence of God came upon Jesus and then in Luke chapter number 4 he goes to tell you why it came upon Jesus and he said the spirit of the presence of the glory of God is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recover of sight for the blind to that those at liberty who are oppressed and proclaim that this is the year of God's favor. God's voice speaks. Jesus responded. The glory and the presence of God came on him and the world was never the same. God came into the world at that moment. Previously, God touched the world. This time, he came into the world and he resided and he abided. So if we're going to get to this point, And we're going to follow the voice of God. And we're going to respond to the voice of God. So his glory can show up. I want to ask you this question. Follow how? With a question mark. How do we follow God? How do we follow God and how does his glory follow us? The Bible says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Everybody say all truth. truth. He will not speak for his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you Things that are to come. I need us to begin to think of this in different terminology this morning. Many of us, when we read this, we think, great, he's going to show me things to come. And many of us think that God's my fortune teller and he's going to tell me what's going to happen tomorrow. That is possible and it does happen. More than that, though, I don't want you to think of it as Telling the future to you. I want you to think of it as giving instruction to you for tomorrow. Because he knows what you're going through tomorrow. And he knows how you're going to get there tomorrow. And so he's in trying to instru- instruct you today. How you can encounter him today. So you'll be able to know what's coming tomorrow. G- give me. I-, I need three volunteers right quick. Miss Sheila. Miss Lisa. Andy. One more. Give me one more. Give me a youth. All right. There's my man. All right, come on, we got to get into a huddle. Oh, I was saying Andy Crouch, not, sorry. You can come too, Andrea. You, she didn't raise her hand. So, and I know not to call Andrea out in front of a big group of people. I am smarter than that. I know her way too well. Get ready, break. We've all seen the game, follow the leader. And we're going to see how well these guys do when we do follow the leader. And as we do this, watch what happens when we walk together. And I believe they can handle this. So as we start walking, just hands by your side. Everybody lift your right arm. Put it down. Lift your left arm. Put it down, we're turning in a circle, we're walking, kick your right foot out, kick your left foot out, y'all give them a hand clap, they did awesome, awesome. Do you see what happens when the body of Christ hears God and we hear the instruction for tomorrow? They were able to do exactly what we saw the Father doing. Jesus said, I can only do what I see the Father doing. I, I, that, so he kept his eyes on the father he kept his eyes on the face not the hands yeah. and amazing things happen here's how the body of christ looks many times all right are you guys ready follow me right hand Come on. left hand all right we're going to turn this what happened where y'all can be seated give them a hand clap What I wanted you guys to experience is what we actually see many times in the body of Christ. Follow, but how? Follow, but how? Many of us want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, and, and we begin to pray for those things. But until we begin to hear his voice and then respond to his voice... The presence and the glory of God will never show up. And the Bible says here, the Holy Spirit will tell you things that are to come. And as we think about this in different terminology, we said this in message number two of hide and seek, that his presence is many times preceded by his voice. His presence many times, if not all the time, is preceded by his voice. God speaks. Somebody responds. God shows up. God speaks. Somebody responds and God shows up. And if his presence is many times prefaced by his voice, we must begin to hear the voice of God and respond appropriately. And I want to tell you this. Have you ever been driving down the road and somebody just ran across your mind? You know? And they just crossed your mind. And you say, wow, I, I hadn't thought of them in a long time. Oh, your phone rings. You never think of it again. Is it possible that we missed an opportunity to respond and therefore stop the glory of God? How many of y'all have ever been sitting in church and you look around and say, Wow, I wonder where so-and-so's been. I haven't seen them in a while. Or, uh, yeah? I know when I'm hitting, a, hitting the soft spot y'all get quiet, real quiet. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever been sitting in church and think, Wow, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. And then you never give it another thought. And then all of a sudden you hear a few weeks later that they were, their, their life is in devastation. That they're, they're going through some horrible things. And you say, man, I thought about them in church. Wow, if I would have only knew. The Holy Spirit will instruct you on things to come. That if I only knew was told to you. When they cross your mind, when they go in front of your face in prayer, that is not for you to think, wow, that's so neat. He is instructing you on things to come. And I sit here as I crafted this message, and I began to repent of how many times, not that I missed calling somebody, but I didn't respond to God. And therefore, Joel is responsible for stopping the glory of God. See, it's bad that I didn't call him. It's bad that I didn't reach out to him. It's bad that I missed him. It's, all those things are bad, but what is the worst possible thing is God spoke. Joel heard, but Joel didn't respond. And I missed an opportunity for his glory to show up. When you're walking through the grocery store and you see somebody who's struggling in some way, shape, or form, whether they're struggling with their kids, whether they're struggling with their health, whether they're struggling with with areas of their life, and you can just tell, and you say, wow, I feel bad for them. We miss his glory. And see, here's the thing in the church. We think it should be some big, massive thing for his glory to show up. No, it's the still, small, Voice that we must learn to hear. And when we begin to hear it, respond to it. And when we respond to it, the glory begins to fall and manifest in ways that we have never seen before. And as his glory begins to fall and manifest in ways we've never seen before, I want to encourage you with this because we dealt with it a lot in the the last series. What What you understand, you value. What you value, you manage and steward well. What you manage and steward well multiplies. If we want to see a great outpouring of the glory of God, it's not going to come in a great outpouring of the glory of God. It's because we manage the little, still, small voices from God we hear on a daily basis. And when we can handle the little, still, small voice and lay our hands on somebody in church, then he can show up when we respond to him in Walmart. But what we understand, we value. What we value, we manage and steward well. What we manage and steward well, we multiply. If we want a great outpouring of the glory of God, we must manage and steward well the little things so we can multiply it in a great way. God wants to multiply his glory in the church. But if we can't respond to the still small voice of God, when he says, call somebody on the phone, how are we going to respond to the still small voice of God when he says, lay your hands on the person in a wheelchair and watch them get up and walk? Some of y'all are thinking, well, I would gladly lay my hands up. It's not that you wouldn't gladly go do it because the, the dynamics are different. It's God says you haven't been faithful with the little things of my glory. How can I trust you with this great anointing that comes with the fullness of my glory? We've got to begin to be activated in the body of Christ. No longer is ministry just for the pastors and the elders and the leadership ministry is the body of christ and it's time that we be activated into the kingdom of god and so how does this work i want to talk about glory tangibly for the next few minutes and in about four minutes we're going to shut this thing down and you're going to have an opportunity to be activated because you prayed the prayer god give me something for someone else in this room well i'm not just going to have you pray that and not give you an opportunity to deliver that everybody just freaked out I ain't having you pray something that's that's silly for no reason. Listen, when we pray, God, give me something for someone in this room. He's going to give you something, whether it be a word of encouragement, whether somebody you know is sick, you go lay your hands on them, whether it be somebody who you see looks a little depressed and you go over there and just give them a big hug, whether you just walk by and say, you know, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. Some of y'all are thinking, oh my gosh, I got to hear this big prophetic revelation word from God. No, sometimes you just got to do what you know you've already been told to do. Sometimes we just got to obey God. And it says when you come together, some of you are going to have a word for one another, a word of encouragement. That doesn't mean you got to grab the mic and get on the platform and declare it to the church. It means you go find the person it's for. And you lay your hands on it and say, God just gave me this word for you. And I want to keep this so nobody freaks out. As we begin to do this here in just a minute, I want men to get a word for men. Women to get a word for women. And I'll tell you why. Why? Because after this is all said and done in both services, I'm not going to get a call for Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. Hey, Mr. So-and-so went and take, laid his hands on my wife and she felt uncomfortable. <laughs> Come on. You have no idea some of the stuff we deal with. You have no idea some of the stuff we go through. So men get a word for men. Women get a word for women. And let's be activated in the body of Christ and deliver the word that God has given us. When God speaks, we respond. And with our response, we are set free and glory happens. And it sounds so simple. But we've made a process out of it and therefore eliminated God from it many times. And does this sounds so simple? It really is that simple. But here's the problem. We must fight to hear. We must fight to hear God. That means incline our ear, quieting everything down that is drowning out His voice. It's not that God isn't speaking. But human nature is this, you listen to the loudest voice. It's not that God isn't speaking. But human nature is this, you listen to the loudest voice. That's why the enemy right now is screaming, you're insecure, you're insecure, you're insecure. And God's saying, go to sister so-and-so. You got a word for it. it's deep inside you. You've had it for three weeks now. Go to her, and she is going to be amazingly blessed. But your insecurities are shouting louder than the still small voice of God. I need you to fight to hear. Incline your ear. The Bible says, fight to hear the word and the voice of God. And when you hear it, what you understand, you value. Value that God spoke to you. Value it enough that you're able to steward it well. Steward it well or manage it well means I'm going to deliver it to the person who has need. And when I deliver it, get ready for multiplication. God's going to start inclining your ear more and you'll be able to hear him more. And you'll pour out greater revelation more. And his glory begins to manifest more. I believe we're in a day of rapid multiplication. Multiplication. That God's not saying, oh my gosh, it's going to be a 10-year process to get the church where he needs to be. No, he's saying, if you'll just start trusting me, I'm going to speak in a way that you'll understand. And when you value it, you'll be able to steward it. And when you steward it and you, and you deliver it well, I'm going to multiply it on your life. It's too short of a time frame. There's a lost, hurt, and broken, dying people out there that need it. First Kings chapter 19. Elijah was needing to hear from God. And this is what happened in verse 11. And he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke it into pieces in the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the loud voice of the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the loud voice of the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. And the Lord was not in the loud voice of the fire. And after the fire, a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah didn't miss his face by looking at his hands of the earthquake, the fire, and the wind. Elijah didn't miss his face. Elijah waited until he heard the still, small voice of God. This morning, I want you to hear the voice of God. So much so that this is what we're going to do. Mitch, if you and the worship team can come up.